Welcome to Week in Review, where we recap issues and events pertinent to Central Illinois. I'm WNBD News Director Cooper Banks. Before and after the storm, Hurricane Ian's caused death and devastation in Florida and the Carolinas this past week. The actual total damage and death toll still remains to be clearly seen or understood. In the meantime, storm stories from Central Illinois natives now living in the Sunshine State. WNBD's Will Stevenson caught up with one of them as Ian was bearing down. And uh, Angie, if I, just to make sure I have everything right on my end and get everything correct, can I have you say and spell your name for me? Yeah, it's Angie Bennett, A-N-G-I-E-B-E-N-N-E-T-T. All right, Angie, and uh, you're formerly of Pekin, is that right? Yeah, I still own the home in Pekin because my husband still lives there. I am based here. Um, because I'm with Allegiant Airlines, so I, I I purchased a mobile home here. Oh, well, gotcha. not here where I'm sitting now, but yeah, there by the airport. Well, it's a good thing you don't want to be in a mobile home in a hurricane, I would imagine. So that's why I was forced out. <laughs> well, that is absolutely a mandatory. Well, and talk to me about that kind of what you've been going through the last uh, couple of days, at least since we knew that this uh, hurricane was going to hit that part of Florida, and what kind of as uh, I imagine it's been both, you know maybe a little scary and maybe a little frustrating for you well i'm not gonna lie i didn't really i didn't really take it probably as seriously as as, as should have enough to where i did pack up my bag with my medications my paperwork like uh homeowner's insurance um you know things of that nature um and then i also have i work at the u-haul around the corner from my house we were really really busy uh with propane and people trying to get out um, so I was preparing, but I didn't think I was going to have to leave because I didn't know, you know, I was waiting to see the zones and, you know, they announced by zones when, who has to leave, who's going to flood, you know, so I, I didn't know much because this is my very first time. So, so when you, yeah. when you kind of talk to me about how you kind of figured, figured everything out and, uh, kind of when that, uh. Well, I, I can't say it on the air this way, but that sort of oh crap moment when you realized right. something was right. this was serious. It was Monday morning at U-Haul when I got to work, and it was insane busy. And I was like, oh, so people are people are leaving, and they're filling up lots of propane, obviously, you know, generators, things like that. Um, and then also, I get alerts from Allegiant Airlines, and then so that same day. That, that happened. I got an email from the trailer park where I live saying that it was mandatory for us to get out because of it being a trailer community. And then I got started getting alerts from the airline saying that they were going to, um, you know, basically, how did they put it? Basically, we were going to get our airplanes out of there because they are also in a flood zone. I'm nine minutes from the airport. Um, so we were going to just move the aircraft somewhere safe and that they were offering any of their crew members that were in the flood zones that needed to evacuate um, relief flights out of there. <clears throat> so I got all of that in the same day, you know. So then I was like, oh, okay, well, then maybe I should take the relief flight. I don't have anywhere else to go because I'm being, you know, I have to leave the home. So I booked myself on the relief flight as directed by the airline. But then at the very last minute yesterday, I was like, no, because I have some uh, family here near Gainesville which is about two hours, 45 minutes, almost three hours inland. It was like, just come here because I didn't want to leave Florida. I want to be able to head back home as soon as possible. 
Yeah, I, I talk a little bit about that. Um, I, I mean, what what made was it that that family that that made you decide you wanted to stay? I mean, what what was kind of going through your mind? Kind of, it was not. Yeah, she had offered me on Saturday. They had come down to help me with my car, and she had offered me that day. Hey, you know, don't hesitate. We've got the you know they have a guest home that I'm staying in. So they offered that, and I was like. No, I really don't want to go, you know. But then when I realized that I hadn't, you know, I didn't really have any choice and it did look like it was going to hit pretty hard, um, I was. that's when I flight. But the relief flight, just so you know, doesn't take me home. It was going to take me to Kentucky. And oh, close enough, sure. Hotel. I would have to pay for my own hotel. Oh. Um, yeah. So it's a matter of... So it's a matter of knowing people in that area versus, you know, you don't have all this money to spend, obviously. So you, you had to think about all of these things, I imagine. Yeah, because we're running two households off of only two incomes, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, my husband and I, like I said, we still have the home in Pekin, Illinois. Um, so I just thought it was a bad idea at the very last minute. I was like, I'm just going to head inland, you know what I mean? So uh, what's kind of uh, going through your mind now? Is thing, have things calmed down a little bit? Or are you still kind of uh, overwhelmed with all this hurricane stuff? Or, or how are you feeling I'm, I'm now? I'm not. Yeah? I feel fine. I, was, I, I felt fine then until they said you have to leave. And then, thank goodness, I had already prepared with all, all of my stuff, you know, papers and packing and everything. Um, but now I'm, I'm, I was like, okay, now they're saying in this area that, in a flood zone, which my friend already knew, and he has generators, and um, his his wife is my family. Anyway, so totally prepared out here, and I, I am watching the news a little bit because when I went to Walmart earlier to get stuff for dinner, they were shutting down, and they were like, "Hurry up, hurry up, hurry up," which was kind of stressful, and because um, I forgot the shredded cheese for the salad. But anyway, um, that was a little stressful. But I just feel like by the time it hits land. I've heard it slows down, and by the time it gets to us, it we are going to get flooded, you know, out here a little bit. But so you're, sorry, you're anticipating at least where you are right now that uh, the damage maybe is going to be limited to flooding and not worse. Definitely, I think I think flooding will be the worst of it, and we will lose power probably. I'm I'm looking to see that because it's it's been raining pretty hard, and the wind has been the winds. I heard the winds very first thing when I woke up this morning, so I knew they were kind of strong. And it has been raining for quite a while now. So, so uh, you, you've obviously dealt with tornadoes and things here in Illinois. Mm-hmm. Uh, how is this different for you? Um, it feels the same as far as like you know, because you feel like I mean, is is it really going to be that bad? That I'm not going to lie, that's pr- kind of how I feel. But then I also feel like okay, but this is new to me. But now they have lived here for almost four years. So, what advice have they been, been giving you? Um, he, well, Sonny is um, my family member's husband. He says, you know, he's the one that told me it slows down a lot once it hits land, you know, and by the time it comes this way, yeah, sure, we'll we'll probably get flooded and we'll probably lose power. He's like, but I'm extremely ready for this. So, And then the local news here is it, they are not doing mandatory evacuation. Okay. Um, so have you, uh, have you talked to your husband back here in Pekin? I talked to him before his surgery. He's in surgery right now. Oh wow! I hope he's doing all right. Yeah, yeah. He just uh, his shoulder just. Shoulder, shoulder, shoulder. Oh, good, good. So, uh, so how worried has he been for you? Um, yeah, he's been, you know, just saying, telling me to keep in touch and 
asking if I'm okay, just like everybody has, you know. And so, like, I'll just go on Facebook. Hey, still good, <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. That's all you can do. And that's probably been a relief for a lot of people that know you, right? Yes, yes. And like my daughter, I try to, you know, update her kind of often because I want her to know because if I lose, you know, I mean, the towers and stuff, I, I want her to know I'm good too, you know. There you go. All right. So um, how long do you expect to, to have to wait this out? Have you, you have any idea of that? I am, Initially, I thought I would be home by Thursday. I'm thinking it's going to be a little longer at this point because now there's you know, they're kind of predicting more Friday or Saturday. Yeah, I know. I saw me being able to go home. Yeah, I know. I saw like an extended forecast down there and it was like rain, 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 clear sun. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. And then, that I always found that like, especially after a tornado, when the sun would come out, I'm like, you know, that's almost cruel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. right. Uh, now I'm just anticipating like I have to just realize I had just gotten all my groceries freezer full, all the things. I have to just get used to the idea that I may lose all that. Oh, yeah, for sure. All right. Is there, a, Angie, is there anything you want to say or anything you've been thinking about as you've been going through this that we haven't touched on here? I do want to say I really um, appreciate the efforts from the airline. Yeah. Because they have kept us, they have been amazing. Allegiant has been, you don't have to say the name or whatever, but I just think my airline has been so amazing with the alerts. It was a month ago they had us, you know, prepare for this to sign up for all their alerts and the way they have, you know, just been ready and willing to help all of us. It's been great. Uh, yeah, I would imagine so. That's That sounds fantastic, although you turned down their flight, so, I mean, what the heck? <laughs> I, I did, I did. I just didn't want to leave. I thought I was going to be able to just turn around and go back home. There you go. But either way. Storm stories continue now in the wake of Ian. We managed to hear from several central Illinois natives who are now living in Florida, which was devastated by impacts from Ian this past week. The recovery in southwest and central Florida just beginning now. WNBD's The Greg and Dan Show talked to Cindy Artist Jenkins, who hunkered down as the eye of the storm passed not far away from her home in Cape Coral. Here's more from the guys' chat with her in the wake of the storm on Friday. It's Greg and Dan Show, WMBD, 739 is the time. I was gone yesterday. Yesterday's show, Dan talked to our friend Cindy, Cindy artist Jenkins. Yeah, she uh, she's now part of the team of uh, the Hurricane Center because they just asked her where she's living, and they know there's a hurricane coming because this is her second one in is her this? second different location. Cindy, I didn't realize that. Hi, Cin Cindy. Yeah. I don't know why I'm having trouble Hi, saying guys. your name. Hi. Uh, the last time we talked to you years ago, that was in a different place? Yeah, we were in um, Santa Rosa Beach, which was between Destin and Panama City, and that was Hurricane Michael. Well, I'm just not going to follow you where you move. <laughs> I'm not going to follow you no at kidding. all. To this. Let's yeah. get to this. Are you and your husband okay? We are. My husband and myself and our daughter, um, who's with us, she's a student at FGCU. We are all we are all safe, thank goodness. And to recap, you live in what community? What community are you in again? We live in Cape Coral, Cape which Coral. is about twenty minutes uh, or twenty miles, sorry, um, south of Punta Gorda. Yes, and so you were in those winds yesterday. What was that like? It was awful. Like, yeah, that is something. You know, Dan, you said yesterday how. Um, you know, you, you were a little jealous or whatever, because it don't be, it was, it was really brutal. Yeah. Uh, how's the house? How's the neighborhood? 
We have some, we personally have some pretty significant um, roof damage um, and leaking, you know, through the ceiling. But, um, and there's quite a bit of that in my community. But like I drove up, I drove, I had to drive up the street a little bit to be able to get service to call you guys. I apologize, I'm late, but um, it's, it's pretty bad. Like when we were, we're, we're inland a little bit. Um, we were not evacuated, as I mentioned yesterday. Um, so our flooding isn't terrible, but the damage is really significant. You, I'm assuming don't have power. That's correct, right? No power. Yeah, no power. Uh, did, did at any point did you and your family think oh, maybe we should have left? Oh, absolutely. And yeah. we will never. <laughs> I can tell you that that is, we we do not want to ever experience this again. You know, it's like I've never actually been through a tornado, but you know, tornado whips through, you know, and it's done. This was, it just goes on and on and on. And like, you can't see outside because you know, you have the hurricane shutters up. You just sit inside and you hear these horrible noises and things, you know, that you know are going on outside. And, you know, like I, I wouldn't have been able to go outside to get cell service anywhere you know, because it was so bad. I mean, they were over 110 miles, I think, an hour, the winds we were experiencing, and the rain was just pounding. And it literally, like, by the time it was, it was 10 o'clock last night before we were like, there's nothing we, you know, there's nothing we can do. We tried mm-hmm. to lay down and we doze off, and but it was still going on. It was, it was awful. Um, you talked about that there was a community center, uh, a high school five minutes away, so yes. in the future, would you completely leave town or at least try the shelter? You know, I would try. That's the high school we work at. And um, I, they were, I know they were packed. They had thousands of people there. And um, we would probably try that. But I honestly, I, I think we probably would have, in hindsight, just gone um, due east, you know, and gone sure. over not that they didn't have any rain or anything, but we would we would have gone. There's um you know there are trees down and limbs and things all over the place and um yeah lots of cleanup going oh, on. Man. I'm not I, I'm not going down close to the river because I'm sure that's like well, really it's, bad. We're and only and it's now. still dangerous. Uh, so you and your family yeah, be absolutely. careful. I mean yeah. they got power yeah, situations yeah. and and thank you. We uh, if if it's okay with you uh, and if it's uh, possible, we might check in again tomorrow at some other time and just see sure. what's going on. Yeah. I also had the chance to talk to a Florida resident living through Ian, however, from much further away and more as an observer. Peoria native and musician Brandon Calloway stays in Clearwater, Florida now. Take a listen. Okay, Brandon, I know that initially, I will say, there was a tone in in, uh, some of the communications from earlier. It was kind of like, hey, uh, first hurricane, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> maybe Very not. Hurt. Maybe not so impressed initially. Um, I, I wonder how the rest of the day played out. Um, honestly, I've seen stronger thunderstorms living in Pekin, Illinois. Sure. Um, from where from where we were. Um, obviously, two hours south, Fort Myers Beach, they got completely obliterated. But here in Clearwater, our power didn't even go out. We okay. got. A couple flickers, um, a little bit of rain. Um, the wind picked up quite a bit, but we got nothing catastrophic. Well, that's always good to hear, of course. Um, and I would say, too, were you talking to anybody about how Tampa Bay emptied out by any chance? 
I actually had friends that were up there walking around where water used to be. <laughs> no kidding. Like, what? You're, as someone who goes down from the Midwest, hurricanes aren't necessarily uh, something, a monster that you've ever had to, you know, keep track of or ever really been all that, probably all that interested in worrying about. And then you're and then plunged into this atmosphere where, okay, all right, so hurricanes. Now what are we watching out for? I, I bet that was kind of all a, a, a little bit of a new thing. Uh, for, for me, for it was, it was yeah, for me it was kind of like, um, you know, being from Illinois, we're always used to the panic of, oh, my God, there's a tornado here and it's right now. Whereas right. with a hurricane, you have plenty of time to prepare for it. It, it, it is scary. I guess the difference for us is just the, the level of fear. You're scared in a tornado, but it's it's here and then it's over. You yeah. know, where a hurricane, it's it's sustained for days. So <laughs> and you're kind of just on edge. You're like <laughs> you're like, oh, yeah, where's it going? Where's the track show absolutely. it going today? You, where's it show it yep, going you today? Never, you never know where it's going. You've got 1,500 different news organizations telling you what to do, what to expect, and and where to go, and then you got these things called spaghetti models, which show you like 40 different ways that the storm could take, and none of them were correct. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> and I would say there's the aspect about the unpredictability to it, and then of course I'd bring it all the way around to the idea of okay, you've you've been through your first hurricane, kind of. Uh, if you w will you evacuate next time or will you if there's one coming toward you again i mean if you're going to end up staying down there in florida will you so, stay again or will you probably get out of dodge next time just you know based on what you've learned if something of this magnitude comes along and it is pointed straight at tampa bay i think we'll leave um we we everybody was saying all of our emergency personnel was saying you know we're in zone d we don't really need to worry about it you're far enough away from the surge zone you're not in a flood area but yeah from what we saw happen to fort myers there were a lot of people who weren't in flood zones that are now underwater yeah. so um we'll leave for sure next time yeah we got very very lucky um we we're very fortunate somebody uh was looking out for us for sure um but yeah, if it, if it hits like a category four or a category five, we'll probably we'll probably head back to Illinois for a few days. Yeah, uh, quick, uh, reasonable little uh, mini vacation. I think the job would probably be okay with it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I appreciate you taking the time, man, and uh, obviously uh, keep those hatches battened. Uh, I don't think there's going to be a whole lot of work required for you guys up there. Uh, enjoy the weather because the weather after a hurricane usually is um, kind of nice, as a matter of fact. Oh, my gosh, it's in the 70s right now. Governor J.B. Pritzker and the Illinois Department of Employment Security making a payment of $450 million toward the remaining $1.8 billion borrowed under Title 12 of the Social Security Act in Illinois. On Tuesday, Pritzker said, due to continued historically low unemployment insurance claims, the Unemployment Trust Fund in Illinois has the capacity it needs to make this loan payment without impairing its ability to pay out benefits. Illinois Republicans still criticize, saying the Pritzker administration hasn't gone far enough to pay down, to pay down the UI trust fund's debt and that it should have been paid off by now.
During an announcement on Tuesday, Governor Pritzker said a plan to pay off the remaining balance on the loan will need to be developed through the agreed bill process. Here's more from the governor on Tuesday. Well, good morning, everyone. For the last four years, I've focused on balancing budgets and paying down debt so that we get our fiscal house in order. Even during a deadly global pandemic, we have continued our focus on fiscal responsibility while protecting the working families and the state's most vulnerable people. That's earned us credit upgrades and reduced the burden on taxpayers. Today, we're taking another step in that direction. First, let me start by thanking valued stakeholders in the business and labor communities, as well as the legislature, who are continuing to work with my administration as part of an agreed bill process to address the deficit in the unemployment trust fund created by the pandemic. I'm very proud to have one of those legislative leaders here with me today, Leader Marcus Evans, as we share some important news with you. We all know that with the COVID-19 pandemic came a disaster of a different kind. Within a matter of weeks, unemployment skyrocketed from coast to coast back in 2020, all across the United States. To make sure eligible individuals could get access to unemployment benefits, extraordinary measures were taken by state unemployment trust funds because nearly none, including Illinois' UI trust fund, were funded enough to cover that kind of an emergency. But today, Illinoisans are back to work. The driving force behind our growing economy, whose GDP is now larger than it was pre-pandemic. For 20 consecutive weeks, Illinois has had historically low unemployment claims, outperforming expectations. Our unemployment system is back on track, and the balance of the Unemployment Trust Fund continues to experience strong and steady growth. Thanks to Illinois' economic recovery, the Illinois Department of Employment Security has advised me that the UI Trust Fund balance is sufficient enough to pay down another $450 million of its pandemic-related debt. This payment will reduce the remaining balance of our loan by 25% and reduce interest costs by an estimated $10 million over the course of the next year. This announcement comes just months after the General Assembly and I directed $2.7 billion of federal ARPA dollars toward the loan, cutting the original $4.5 billion loan down to $1.8 billion. Today's action takes another major step toward eliminating pandemic-related UI debt, which we intended to complete by the end of this calendar year and will. I will work closely with the General Assembly to continue supporting the agreed bill process between labor and business to conclude negotiations. Today's announcement is yet another indicator that Illinois' fiscal decision-making is focused on debt reduction and continuing to put the state on firm fiscal footing for our working families. This year alone, Democrats in Illinois paid off a historic $5 billion in debt eliminated the bill backlog left over by my predecessor, put an unprecedented $1 billion into the state's rainy day fund, and delivered an extra $500 million into our pension payment plan, saving taxpayers nearly $2 billion in the years ahead. 
We're in the midst of our fourth balanced budget in a row, a budget that's allowed us to provide $1.8 billion in tax relief to working families, to improve our K-12 schools, to invest in public safety, to make college and vocational training more affordable, to support the creation of a record number of small businesses in Illinois, and to drive job growth in every corner of our state. And we've been able to accomplish all of these things together while earning six credit upgrades. I want to take a moment to thank the leadership of the Department of Employment Security, Director Kristen Richards and her team, who worked tirelessly during the worst parts of the pandemic to provide benefits to those who desperately needed help. I'd also like to commend the work of our business and labor partners as they continue to work through the agreed bill process. And of course, I want to thank my colleague in the General Assembly, my friend, leader, Marcus Evans, who's doing a terrific job helping us manage through the challenges of getting past the uh, UI pandemic debt. And with that, I will turn it over to IDES Director Christian Richards. Director. Thank you, Governor Pritzker. The Illinois Department of Employment Security remains focused on supporting business and labor in the agreed bill process, which is a process that has successfully been used for decades to support the Unemployment Insurance Act and Unemployment Trust Fund. At the same time, IDES is engaged in exciting work with the United States Department of Labor to support benefit integrity, claims management, and equitable access to UI services. Recently, IDES announced a $6.8 million award to fund enhanced data collection to understand barriers to UI access and implement strategies to address those barriers. These are all efforts we are undertaking to support a strong UI system for the state of Illinois. Today's announcement reflects continued growth in our economy. Just last week, my office announced that statewide, payroll jobs are up compared to a year ago. We are seeing significant gains in the leisure and hospitality, professional and business services, trade, transportation, and utilities industries. We are also seeing over-the-year decreases in unemployment in 97 counties across the state. We continue to support individuals and businesses in partnership with the Department of Commerce and Economic Opportunity through workforce programming and one-stop delivery of workforce services that are available through our robust network of American job centers. I'd like to thank Governor Pritzker for his leadership throughout the pandemic, and thank you to the over 1,100 employees of the Department of Employment Security who continue to diligently serve the public every day. And with that, I'd like to turn it over to one of the legislative leaders in the agreed bill process, Assistant Majority Leader Marcus Evans. I want to start by thanking Governor Prisker for uh, his steadfast leadership leading us out of the pandemic and leading us into a new prosperity, a new norm of prosperity in the state of Illinois. And the critical part of that prosperity is stability of the workforce. You know, I represent a working class community. When people are struggling, they need to know that there's going to be support as they transition from employment and unemployment. And that unemployment system is critical for the survival of the working class. So thank you, Governor Prisco, for your leadership, pushing the legislature to do what we needed to do to stabilize our unemployment system. And we did that under the leadership of my House Speaker Emmanuel Chris Welsh and our partnership 
was uh, President Don Harmon and all the other legislative leaders uh, got together and said, you know, we're going to take on the charge that Governor Pritzker set, and we're going to get this done. Of course, all of the staff, Director Richards, uh, made it crystal clear that working class people in the state of Illinois will have support, will have that backstop of our UI system. And of course, the more we stabilize the finance of Illinois, the more we can help the working class and the poor. So take care of the business, which is what Governor Prisca is doing, and we can help the people of the state of Illinois. So it's a great day. This, this needs to be shared. That does it for this edition of Week in Review. Join us at this time next week on this Midwest 360 station for another recap of some of the biggest issues and events in central Illinois. You don't have to wait for Week in Review to get the lowdown on what's happening in central Illinois. For instant news 24-7, follow us at 1470 WMBD on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and at 1470WMBD.com. I'm Cooper Banks, WMBD News. <laughs>